Blog Talk Radio. Transylvania Sunrise, Transylvania Moonrise, 
and the mystery of Egypt, which was the first tunnel. And they described how they went through that, and it was like a, I don't know, time travel. And Peter will explain some of that tonight. But uh, uh, the and the fourth book in this series, of course, is this one, this secret parchment, five Tibetan initiation techniques. And it's a fascinating book. It's very difficult to, probably difficult to, to understand if you haven't read the previous books or aren't familiar with it. But Peter Moon will be coming on. And he'll, he'll explain it. He'll explain it more. So we'll, uh, we'll do a little bit of news, and then we'll bring him on in about, about 15 minutes. Yeah, 10 minutes or so. Okay. So um, uh, and you can go to skybooksusa.com. Okay. Um, no, it's Skybooks. Yeah, SkybooksUSA.com, and uh, you know you can get a, you can see more about this uh, and uh, a copy of this book, um, and all of all of the many books that Peter has published. Um, uh, um, let's see, here. Skybooks. Uh, yeah, USA.com. Okay. And uh, anyway, uh, what I'd like to do. Let's have a little update on what's happening with uh, the Bundy. You think um, you, you want to go into that? It's yeah. very, very involved. I don't know if you really want to. Uh, I mean, it's not over. It's not over, but it, it, it's kind of over for a while. And, what, and kids out there, just in case you don't know, it's the um, cattle situation out in the West where a rancher has decided to make a stand against the government, I guess. Well, and no, cronyism and all well, kinds of stuff going it, on it, there. It, it, no, it, it's really, it's very difficult to explain this because uh, what there, there was a... Uh, it's funny, Obama hasn't said a word. Oh, no, no, no. Well, what happened was, it's, a, it's really, a, it's very difficult to explain this. That, that there was a video here, uh, I think this one, that probably explains it better than any uh, I've, I've heard. It gets into the... Uh, what the debate was all about and what, what kind of happened. The Bureau of Land Management. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let me let me check this out. Let me let me bring this to your attention, if you will, for anyone who doesn't know. You can get this. Uh, I'm playing it from the Western Journalism. Okay. Uh, dot com, and. Uh, Okay, there are some very powerful people who have done their best to cover up what's really happened at the Bundy Ranch in Clark County, including the media, believe me. But fortunately, they failed. Thanks to um, the Storm Cloud Gathering, who's uh, produced this thing, Grayson uh, gave us permission to upload it. Uh, and this is, uh, let, let, it's about 11 minutes, which is about what we have. So let, let, uh, let, let's have um, this author, Tom, uh, uh, this guy, Tom, uh, hitch, hitchy, okay, explain what's happening at the Bundy Ranch. And here we go. It's Chinese, What's it? It involves the Chinese. There are some very powerful people who've done their best to cover up what really happened at Bundy Ranch in Clark County with the Fortunately, they failed. In this video, we're going to present you with evidence of blatant corruption and criminal activities that anyone, including law enforcement, can easily verify. But before we go into the details, it's important to acknowledge here that the political left and the political right are watching this crisis through very different eyes. You on the left saw this old rancher defying the federal government over cattle raising fees, was 
right-wing pundits pleading his case and armed militia moving in to intervene probably gave you the impression of a Tea Party temper tantrum with guns. Given some of the personalities who were involved in the media circus surrounding this, that impression is perfectly understandable. But underneath the appearances, there is something here that all Americans need to see, whether they consider themselves conservative, liberal, or none of the above. All I ask is that you suspend your preconceived notions of what this crisis was about for five minutes. First, let's eliminate some of the disinformation, speculation, and conspiracy theories. Here's a story that a lot of people were spreading around without fact-checking. As of yesterday, it had over 47,000 shares on Facebook alone. That's not views, that's shares. The author claims that the siege of Bundy Ranch was really about fracking leases. That's a provocative narrative, one that I actually found very interesting. But just because something is plausible doesn't mean it's true. For evidence, the article links out to this page on shalereporter.com, which does indeed talk about the Bureau of Land Management, a.k.a. BLM, leasing out land in Nevada for fracking. Trouble is, the author and 47,000 other people overlooked the blatantly obvious fact that the land in question is in northeastern Nevada. Clark County isn't in northeastern Nevada. That's not a minor detail. Please, pretty please with a cherry on top, fact check before you spread information, people. Always fact check. Then there was this other line that kept getting spread around. And this is a direct quote. There are developers working for military contractors that want the land and water for mining, weapons-grade minerals for industry. They want to sell the land by the highway for real estate development because it's close to I-15. This claim wasn't backed up by even so much as a link. It was pure hearsay. Furthermore, it doesn't even make any sense. Military contractors like Blackwater want land for mining and weapons-grade minerals. To be perfectly honest, I get the impression this story was fabricated by some stoned college kid who thought it would be hilarious to send it to an alternative media outlet as a prank. You gotta admit, as a prank, that's pretty epic, especially since it worked. A media figure with a fairly decent-sized audience, and I'm not gonna name any names, blasted it out to the public without asking for any evidence or even critically examining the claim. A lot of people took that report and started spreading it around. And pretty soon there were people just fact check. Claim number one. Senator Harry Reid's son, Rory Reid, is the primary representative for the ENN Energy Group, a Chinese energy company involved in a $5 billion solar project planned for Clark County, Nevada, on the very land where the Bundy Ranch is located. First source, Reuters, August 31st, 2012. Well, this is interesting. Turns out the conflicts of interest in this project were well-documented, but Harry pushed it through anyway. He even pushed it through in spite of the controversy that was stirred up when the land was sold to ENN for $4.5 million even though separate appraisals valued the land at between $29.6 and $38.6 million. Claim number two, Harry Reid put one of his former employees in charge of the Bureau of Land Management and thereby used his leverage in the agency to clear the Bundys off the land. What do they claim as their source? CBS, Las Vegas. Hmm, that's interesting. Neil Quartz, the current BLM chief, is indeed a former advisor for Harry Reid. And Harry Reid is a Senate majority leader and therefore was directly involved in his confirmation. That's another serious conflict of interest there, considering that BLM is claiming jurisdiction over the land where Roy Reed's company wants to build. But do we have any evidence that Reed actually exercised that influence in the agency to get what he wanted? Well, that brings us to claim number three. Supposedly, the BLM had posted on their website that they needed to get the Bundy family off the land to make room for the energy project, but the BLM has removed the page. The website that made this claim posted a screenshot split into two files and a link to a text version of that page that someone else had copied. To be honest, this is pretty weak. Though it does seem to match the overall narrative here, this would never be admissible in court. Let's dig a little deeper, shall we? What if there's a version of the site cached somewhere on the web? 
let's try the Wayback Machine on archive.org. Nope, no dice. Page was never cached in the Wayback Machine. Let's try Google's cache. Bingo, here it is, folks. This is Google's record of what used to be on the site. Non-governmental organizations have expressed concern that the regional mitigation strategy for the Dry Lake Solar Energy Zone utilizes Gold Butt as the location for off-site mitigation for impacts from solar development. And those restoration activities are not durable with the presence of trespass cattle. They specifically refer to the solar project as a justification to seize Clive and Bundy's cattle. Funny thing is, we found the mitigation strategy for the Dry Lake Solar Energy Zone, and guess who wrote it? That would be the BLM. Pretty convenient for Harry Reid, isn't it? Now, I took a screenshot of the Google cache right away. As I'm compiling the information, I go back and I look at it again an hour later. What do you know? Someone came and took the cached version down from Google. Someone is trying to cover this thing up and fast. But you know what? They missed one. I found this cached version of the page on archive.is. If you follow the link in the description to our website, sgnews.com, you'll find a direct link to this page. I highly recommend that each and every one of you go and verify its contents for yourself before someone has it taken down. But even if they take this last link down, they left the trail. Google server logs will still have a record of the exact date that their cache snapshot was taken. Chances are they still have that snapshot. And you know what? Even if somebody tried to erase it completely, it is very easy for forensic technicians to recover data like this, even if it seems to be deleted from the system. The digital trace is still there. The BLM servers and every computer involved also have a trail. And trying to remove that trail would leave an even bigger trail. All we need is somebody in law enforcement with a spine. But that's another story, isn't it? This isn't about turtles, folks. Not even about cattle. This is about money and power. Turns out our little friend Harry Reid has a nice little empire rigged for himself in Nevada. Let's take a look at this article from the LA Times. This is from 2003. Apparently, it's no secret that Harry's way of profiting off of his position is to push through business deals that help his family members. He's got family representing virtually every major industry. They're doing quite well, thank you very much. Thing is, this is technically not illegal. In fact, it's become the standard way to bribe politicians in the United States. You can't line their pockets directly, but you can line their son's pockets and their cousin's pockets and their uncle's pockets all you want. However, using a federal agency to seize cattle and to physically intimidate and brutalize a family to facilitate that dirty deal, that's all kinds of illegal. Then they tried to cover up the evidence, and that's also a crime. Again, all we need a law enforcement officer with a spine. I'll be perfectly honest. When I saw some of the media personalities that were capitalizing on this drama, I was very skeptical. But once I understood what was really going on, I understood right away why people's blood is boiling. Take another look at what happened on that ranch. Imagine Clyde Bundy was your father or grandfather. Imagine if his wife was your mother or grandmother. Imagine if it was your family whose livelihood was being destroyed by some filthy rich politician who just can't get enough. What happened in Clark County, Nevada, struck a nerve with the American people. But the response that we saw had very little to do with this particular crisis. There's something much deeper brewing under the surface in America. The showdown was just a catalyst. It wasn't the greatest atrocity of the decade or even of the year. I wish the people had felt this moved by the NSA's domestic spying program, or the secret kill list, or the drone program, or the Libyan war, or the Iraq war, or the Afghan war. I wish people had been activated by something bigger than the plight of a cattle rancher. But you know what? We don't get to pick the breaking point. Rosa Parks sparked a civil rights movement with a refusal to sit in the back of the bus. Clive Bundy almost started the second American Revolution by refusing to let the feds run him over. Now, even knowing the real story, 
Hearing about militia mobilizing all over the country to come physically defend the Bundy family is probably still very disconcerting for many progressives. This was a very dangerous situation. A lot of people could have ended up dead. Consider this. Remember back in 2011 when riot police swooped in to brutally crush the Occupy movement? Remember how you felt? No one stood up for them. No one fought back. And what was the result? The thugs won. The media quickly switched to a new distraction, and the public forgot. Imagine if it had been different. Imagine if the people swarmed in from all over the country, not to wave signs in the air, but to stand up for your rights, even if they disagreed with you politically. That didn't happen, but it should have. It's been said that the enemy of your enemy is your friend. Trouble is, people of the United States have been a bit confused about who the enemy really is. You've been allowing a thuggish, out-of-control, corporate-owned government to persecute your ideological rivals, not realizing that someday that same boot will be grinding your face into the pavement. And all the while, your common enemy, your real enemy, gets stronger, more aggressive, more lawless, more blatantly corrupt as we dance this left. You've reached Sky Books, but we're not in the office right now. Please leave your name and number, state it clearly, and we'll get back to you. Record your message at the tone. After leaving your message, you may hang up or press pound for additional options. Hey, Peter, we got, are you with us? To send the message, press pound. To replay this message, press 1. To add to your message, press 2. To mark the message urgent, press 3. To mark the message private, press 4. To erase and re-record, press star. To send the message, press pound. To replay this message, press 1. To add to your message, press 2. To mark the message urgent, press 3. To mark the message private, press 4. To erase and re-record, press star. To send the message, press pound. To replay this message, press 1. To add to your message, press 2. To mark the message urgent, press 3. To mark the message private, press 4. To erase and re-record, press star. To send the message, press pound. To replay this message, press 1. To add to your message, press 2. To mark the message urgent, press 3. To mark the message private, press 4. To erase and re-record, press star. To send the message, press pound. To replay this message, press 1. To add to your message, press 2. To mark the message urgent, press 3. To mark the message private, press 4. To erase and re-record, press star. To send the message, press pound. To replay this message, press 1. To add to your message, press 2. To mark the message urgent, press 3. To mark the message private, press well, 4. To erase and re-record, press star.
Sorry you're having trouble. Please try again later. Goodbye. All right, we're back. We're back on. on. All right. Okay, folks. So, so anyway. I don't sorry, know what sorry that we. I don't know. We, 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 we try call, try calling him no, again. Yeah, try calling Peter again. So hopefully, we'll, what happened is he called this number. Oh, Peter's here. This is Peter. Hello. Hi, Peter. Are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Hello? Pete, can you hear us? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. Um, Hello? Hello? Are we on the air? Can you tell? Yeah, we're on the air. Uh, Hello? For some reason, I can't get... He called in, but I can't get the... uh, For some reason, I can't get him on. Um, Peter, can you hear me? Where I can hear you. Can you, you. You can't hear me. Uh, our guest? Uh, he's, he's, he's on the line. I just can't. He's on the line? I can't for some reason. Can you hear me? Oh, Peter, call back. Can you, can you hear me? It doesn't sound like you can. He would answer if you could. I don't know. Let's try going. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? No, I can't hear you. Maybe that's not working on that computer. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Hello? 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 We seem to be having problems here, difficult problems. I'm sorry. Sorry, folks. In the meantime... Hello? Trying to do that, I'll read another article. Yeah, I'm sorry about this. uh, We didn't expect this. Well, Um, computers are a mixed blessing. But that was very interesting about the Bundy family and that. Hello? Um, but it's very difficult to stand up to corrupt Congress and big business. But in the meantime, um, let's see what else is happening. Police are testing a live Google Earth to watch crimes as it happens. As they happen. This is kind of interesting. This is in, in Hello? Year. 
police began quietly testing a system that, that allowed them to do something incredible. Watch every car and person in real time as they ebbed and flowed around the city. Every assault, every person. Uh, hello, Peter, can you hear me? You don't have it on mute or anything, do no, you? No, I don't. I just don't understand why he can't hear me. Everything is on. Can you put this on? Is this on speaker? Yeah. Peter, can you hear me? You've reached Sky Books, but we're not in the office right now. Please leave your name and number, state it clearly, and we'll get back to you. Record your message at the tone. After leaving your message, you may hang up or press pound for additional options. No, I know. Peter, this is Leo. Uh, please call in the show at 646-915-9505. I'm calling the number that you gave me, but for some reason I, you know, you're not there. Um, hope, hope you're okay. Uh, give me a call. Uh, again, at 646-915-9505. All right. Um, so let's see what happened is we called the number, mm-hmm. and he's not there at that number. Oh, okay. That's the number he called. To send the message, press pound. To replay this message, press 1. To add to your message, press 2. To mark the message urgent, press 3. To mark the message private, press... I need to go back and read it again. 
I, I feel like there's much that I missed the, the first time through. I mean, I'm thinking about a lot of things, but maybe you can give kind of an overall account to the folks that are listening at home so they have an idea of what we're talking about. Okay, it's the fourth book in a series by a Romanian author uh, and member of their Secret Service, uh, Radu Sinemar, um, written, uh, God, it was about seven years ago, I think he wrote it, and it was just released last uh, summer in, uh, in America, in English for the first time. And it's a fascinating series, which uh, I will just summate very ever so briefly. They can see it on more on my website, skybooksusa.com, if they wish, get more descriptions of the books. But the first uh, book, Transylvania Sunrise, was about the discovery of a uh, holographic chamber beneath the Romanian Sphinx with underground tunnels that went to Tibet, Egypt, and into the inner earth. <clears throat> this was a remarkable find. And, of course, the Americans were involved in uncovering it with their technology. There was an alliance between the Romanians and the Americans. The second book uh, took us, called Transylvania Moonrise took us to a, uh, a rarefied part of Tibet where Radu was taken uh, to meet this blue goddess, Mashande, who gave him a this parchment, which is the subject of book four, secret parchment, and he was going to translate it. And the third book was Mystery of Egypt, where they explored one of the tunnels to beneath the Giza Plateau, found a, a time travel device down there, which time traveled in consciousness, not in physical reality. Uh, they, they could see the history of the world with a whole bunch of, uh, I guess what you call like DVD-type materials that they were taken back to America of time, the history of time. Now, the fourth book is about not only the translation of that secret parchment that was written by uh, uh, Rinpoche, who was uh, famous, considered the reincarnation or the second Buddha. In, he's from Tibetan uh, Buddhism. So he wrote these, uh, you know, 700, some 700 years ago. Or not, He didn't write them. He composed them. They were written down by his disciple and planted in different areas to be released at certain times in the future when they were needed. And they would be, a, it wasn't just the parchment, but what's accompanying the release of the information. The parchment and the translation is rather short. It's about uh, re realizing that there's a higher power, a divine source of compassion in the universe, uh, that what you think is what determines reality, that synchronicity is, is a principle, it's not an accident. And everything's connected by vibration. And lastly, to divine yourself with the higher will, the higher will of the order of the universe, meaning, meaning God, if you will, or, or your higher will. Now, that is sort of the, the, what is said in the parchment in much more flowery language. But there's also some uh, phenomena accompanying the release of this information, which... Uh, there's a lot of drama, which I'll save because we have a relatively short time, that goes on into how this parlays between the Americans and the Romanians and their secret services. But it basically comes out with an uh, antenna structure being discovered by Macor Air Force Station, a U.S. Air Force Station in Antarctica, and it's melting, self-generated melting, and this antenna 
buoy, they call it. They don't really know what it is. It's just this weird alien device, for lack of a better word. And it's uh, got signals uh, sending between it and the moon of uh, Jupiter, uh, known as Europa, much like the 2001 theme, Space Odyssey theme. It's a little suggestive of that. And there's also a signal going to uh, Transylvania, the land that I've talked about, the specific uh, holy capital of the ancient Dacian people, known as Sarmasejituza, where I've been three times. And there's also a signal going to what's called the Alaskan Triangle, which is uh, an area not far from Mount McKinley, not far from the Heart Project, which is uh, these three angles of triangulation that are being signaled to. And the Americans say, what's going on in this area? They want to know, because Department Zero, the most secretive arm of the Romanian Secret Service, is got a thin file on it, and it all re- results from an investigation of a man named Professor Constantine, who was investigating this area in about 1990, after communism fell. And after all the workers went home, he and the, the son of the contractor stumbled upon uh, the sun stumbled upon this tunnel, and they began found this underground chamber, spent the, the later part of the afternoon going down into these tunnels of pure gold and finding hieroglyphics, golden hieroglyphics on a bed, uh, and a, eventually a spectacular area of golden thrones, which sort of shifted the man's consciousness. The boy was lost the young man was lost into this vortex, for lack of a better word, where it looked like he was looking into another universe. The professor caught himself and ran back, told the authorities it was all hushed up. The professor disappeared. And that's, I mean, that's a very quick summation of the story for a very short talk we're having uh, tonight. But And, and then I went there the, right after I, I had the book translated, and I was... Uh, met a man who knew Professor Constantine, said he was a real person, and said, this is the Valley of the Golden Thrones. I was led right there, and I spent last summer, I spent three days there, uh, not in the pockets where the tunnels are or are supposed to be, but it's uh, that, that's a summation of what the book is about, which you just read. If you can uh, add anything more, Lila, go ahead. <laughs> no, all right. Now they actually, they, according to the book, they, they actually sealed this, this off, all right, and uh, nobody could ever find it again. Um, well, that's, it, that's, that's, that is true as of uh, whenever that story was told. What has been right. done between then and now, we do not know. Right. right. Um, I, think, I think probably what, what, what confuses, um, and, you, and you mentioned this in the book, uh, you can bring it up quite often, is that, there's a there's a, a a level of secrecy that had to be maintained in writing this book. They couldn't reveal everything, and the you know the certain things were done. And I I'm still amazed that they allowed this book to be to be printed if this is such a secret, um, you know, uh, 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 thing. Yeah. Uh, well, well, it's a very good question. It's a very good question, but I have an answer for that. Sure. And and this has been told to me by people who haven't even read the book in Romania and that are tied to the government and say that the, the, the energy underneath that area, Sarmasejituza, is so powerful 
that the, the governments can't mess with it. We think of the governments as more powerful than they are. Uh, the governments run with a high level of incompetency, incompetency and corruption, as you're all familiar with, and there, there is efficiency within the government, particularly on sensitive issues, um, such as the you know, uh, disappearance of bin Laden and the alleged killing of bin Laden. There's a lot of intensity that occurs around something like that. So the government can do things competently when they choose to and when it's of great importance. But in this case, what you have is you have the, the, the ancient lore of this land goes back into millennia is that there are spirits of dark and light there. Uh, the Order of the White Dragon, the Order of the Black Dragon. Uh, and these whole Carpathian Mountains are shaped in the form of a dragon that, that, huh. that, that also corresponds to the Draco constellation. And, and this is where the Chinese get their inspiration for the dragon because that culture picked up on what came from the center of Eurasia. Uh, the the uh, Chinese always look to the West, like we look to the East, they look to the West. So th this is, it's built right into the eco-structure of the land, that some of this phenomena, which you both read about in the book in, in, in relation to the, where the Sphinx is. But it's like, it's as if intelligent life has carved out some of the uh, mountains, it's as if, or they, they flip the mountains and say, hey, let's do this. But these negative or positive energies are what control life on Earth, and they do it through different formations. They do it through uh, mystery schools, through secret societies, through governments. And this, so it's like it's not the all-powerful Pentagon, the all-powerful uh, governments are not as powerful as they uh, appear to be. Certainly they're powerful. And this is why the secrecy is uh, allowed to be said, because those, those who would stop it can't. Now, there's a little bit of proof on this, because as I wrote about in a, in a recent, my winter newsletter which, uh, of the Montauk Pulse, which I published quarterly, which at least Leo has read, is that it talks about this, Rosia Montana, which is a site that this Canadian mining company has been trying to mine for years and years and years, and it was it was they were going to do it in such a negative way that it was going to impact upon the environment in a negative way. Well, in this newsletter, I published that the reason they were doing it because it was a major entrance to this area that I've just been talking about. And this I did not know. I learned this recently. And that this was such an environmental hazard in Romania that it created the biggest protest ever in, in mass protest in Eastern Europe and possibly, possibly even Europe where people... Now, is that the same company that Prince Charles is involved with? That I believe Prince Charles is involved with. I can't prove that Prince Charles is involved with, but as I also state, his holdings... The royal family's holdings are not open to inspection by law. So we can't know what he holds. We do know that he was once an owner of British Petroleum, and British Petroleum is tied to sustainable development, which this Canadian company is as well. So it, it's, it was for all possible 
pretenses it would seem that he would be connected, yet Prince Charles also has a home in Transylvania. He promotes uh, ecology, but to me this is suspect. They're also promoting him to be the king of Romania, the next king of Romania, because King Michael the thir- is, is 93 and is expected to pass in the near future. So I don't know whether he will become the king, abdicate England, and become the king, but they talk about this in the Romanian media frequently. Really? Well, that's and yes. what about Wesley Clark? What's, what's his connection? You mentioned well, that he, a Wesley Clark is a, um, an advisor to the Romanian uh, prime minister, I believe, to the Romanian government. He's an advisor. And he's a very interesting character uh, politically because he claims to be, uh, you know, of, of the Cohen priests. Uh, but he's also, a, I think, a Catholic and a Presbyterian at the same time. I mean, he's got them all covered. I think he, I think he grew up as, a, if I'm not mistaken, grew up as a Presbyterian, became a Catholic, or vice versa. But his g- genetic lineage is of the Cohen priests of the Jewish tradition. So you know, he's pandering to audiences when he's running for president. But uh, he has a lot of bases covered. He seems to be a, a better diplomat than he does a, a, a presidential candidate. So anyway, he's, he's in the mix. But there's a whole Homeland Security Office in Romania that's called the Homeland Security Office. It's all based upon American Homeland Security. The two countries are very allied I never see Americans when I go over there, but they do exist. Uh, I just haven't run across them. And, and, you're, and you're planning another trip to uh, this next, area? Yeah, in, in May. I'll be leaving in May, going uh, to – I will be in and near that general area. But, but the, the back to what I was saying is the, the proof of this is that the the Canadian company was stopped, and they had – all the government hornswoggled, but the government finally said, no, you're not going to do this. And they vow we're going to get back because they have these two. I named the investors in the newsletter. I don't remember their names, but they, one was the biggest. He, he won on all the short selling that was done on the subprime mortgages, biggest one-day trade ever. And his, I think, wife was Romanian. He was Jewish. And the other man was a very rich Jewish fan, uh, Jewish man from Switzerland. Uh, they were both Jewish concerns and uh, of Jewish extraction, and they were like pushing this Canadian mining company, uh, and it was really uh, a, a startling that with all their power that they were, you know, thrown out on their ear. Now whether they will remain to be thrown out on their ear is is another question, but this is. It's like saying the, the spiritual powers do not want that area messed with. Well, I can. Well, they. You, you didn't mention the underground city um, that was there. Well, they it was supposedly was the where they imprisoned the titans. Um, uh, I mean, the, the, the war was unbelievable that goes along with this place. The yeah, that uh, the uh, where with the golden uh, thrones and everything else are, are involved. But um, I was just uh, reviewing your, that, that, um, that newsletter again, and uh, it, it, it's just incredible. I, I can understand why they were so upset about it. You know, well, uh, yes, I mean, you basically have spiritual forces uh, 
in, in esoteric or uh, thought, it's as above, so below. So if you have fights going on here on the outside, you've got a correspondent fight on the inside, on the inside of... of no, that's okay. Go ahead. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I want. I, I wanted to ask you uh, if you do. Do you think that that uh, the Romanians, uh, because because the Romani, uh, you know, I, I don't, we're, we're dealing with the Romani people. It's the same kind of people, isn't it? Well, Romanians, there's the Romani people, which are considered uh, also known as the Gypsies, and the Romanians, which are are considered to be different ethnicities but the romani uh or the romani they are they are the pariahs of of europe if not the earth they're they're the people that are rejected and there is an esoteric uh group and there's an exoteric which means the outer group and they do represent a matriarchal tradition that and this is one of the reasons they are rejected because of their inner religion and who they really are. Now, they, they are not liked because of cultural situations, just like in, a, in America when, when black people were subjected to poverty and drugs and they would be not educated and crime. This situation has changed so drastically in America since I've been alive but when you you force the people to not be educated and not to participate in society, well, they bite the hand of society. And this is what's happened with many of uh, the Roman Romani people, the Roma, as they're called. And there are cores of them that do represent a tradition, but they're not appreciated uh, they remain in hiding to some degree, and this is a very inhumane situation uh, on the planet. These were like the gypsies, weren't they? Not yes, yes, and and they're treated uh, very inhumanely in Romania uh, by the Romanians themselves. In Bulgaria, they're treated much nicer. They're treated with much more respect. They're given menial jobs to at least keep them in in the economic stream and in subsistence where they're not even given that in Romania and they have to struggle and it's it's a very sad sad uh, human situation beyond the the politics and the esoterics were they were they they indigenous or no well this this would be a very controversial issue and it's probably one that uh, is not going to be solved in a in me making a comment on what my opinion would be. Uh, I would. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I, I could only make an, an intuitive guess, which would be uh, yes, but that's not going to be academically accepted. They supposedly come. Well, see, they come from India, according to academics. But you see, the more you study India, you see that they come from. The they come from this area anyway, so everybody comes from this area. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, do they come from the tail or the or the the back of the tail or the front part of the tail? Everybody sounds, comes from there. Yeah, it just sounds to me like like what happened to the indigenous 
in our country, the indigenous and all these, so many other countries, uh, you know, that, that they become outcasts and uh, genocidal, uh, you know, become yeah, of genocide. People and, that move in want yeah. their land and want and their... And, and they're also extremely spiritual. You know, they're connected to a different, uh, to, to a different um, uh, vibe. And, uh, you know, I, I always wondered about this because, uh, especially after reading this book, because when, when you say the, well, the, the elite in Romania... Or Romania has been changed so many times. I mean, everything seems to have come from there, but it's been uh, taken over by by the Romans and by the you know every everybody uh, at one time. Uh, to, but the uh, so the, but the indigenous would be the Romani uh, would probably be getting the short end of that stick. You well, know? they'd be exploited. They'd be exploited and uh, and. Yeah. Let's get but, that. but primarily, primarily because they've always been known as a as a as a very uh, mystical and, and rather spiritual group of people who, who uh, could read fortunes and could you know do had 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 that um, had that connection to a spiritual uh, uh, higher spiritual level. All right. But uh, do, do do you think that's a well, I guess you do. You, you think that's a possibility that that's why that that's been happening well, there. If if we take what's what the scholarship that's offered in that book, yes, right. all people come from that area pretty much, yeah. and they would be no exception. But the average Romanian would would bristle at the suggestion that the gypsies have anything to do with Romania. It's a, it's such a politically hot topic that when Madonna was there years ago, she she said. You know, be nice to the gypsies or something, and she was booed. Oh. She was, Madonna was booed off. You know, not booed off the stage, but booed for saying, "Take care of the, take care of the gypsies." She ah. spoke up on their behalf, and she was booed. And well, uh, like saying, "Be nice to the Indians if you're out west," you know. Yeah. Well, yes, and and it's because it's such a, and people will get very angry because they say, "Oh, they steal, they do this." The the, the the word for the divinity in the uh, the Roman Romani language is um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's like devil, 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 like devil. It's like devil, and it's and of course what that means is double. Devil doesn't mean you know evil with horns. It means the double, the double, the diablo. It's the the dual side. It means they would worship a divinity of duality and uh, not one of polarized consciousness and and so that see that that their word for the, the divinity is what we would call the devil in our you know western lexicon and they're just because we live a, a patriarchal tradition this entire world 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 of the western culture everything you see on media is all abramic based I mean it's, it's either muslim christian or judaic and most of the fights tend to be around those groups. Anything outside of that is called pagan. And, and it's matriarchal, uh, and, and so there's, there's, it's a very anti-matriarchal world. It's something you really can't even begin to discuss and really get anywhere with it, but it's, it's a topsy-turvy world, and we're living in a very polarized world that most people who are even most open-minded don't see uh, that's very true. Uh, that's very true. Uh, I, I guess I, I guess people probably don't see it because they're so accustomed to it. Yeah. 
Yes, it's, it's a matter of, yes, yes, exactly, Lila, programming, uh, indoctrination. Yeah, we're just, you know, brainwashed. I wanted to get back, though, to the United States' uh, uh, interest in this area. What do you think uh, the reason is we're so interested? Is it because of the occult power? Well, it has to do with power and because the Americans have, according to the book, and it's very specifically stated in the book, the Americans who are pulled into this by circumstance uh, and technology, mm-hmm. they are taken aback at why this little, what they would view politic- geopolitically as a crummy little country, has all this power. Why is it there? Why isn't it not in the great United States of America? And, and right. they're indignant. They're indignant because we're America. We're the best and the greatest. Well, first off, you've got to understand, Romania is not a small country. It's about the size of Texas, and it stands in the border between the east and west, historically in the future. It is the gateway between the east and the west. That means China. That means Russia. That means England, France, all these countries, Italy. It's, it's a gateway of the world. So it's not small. Uh, as a country goes, it's bigger than, you know, most of the countries of Europe, if not all of them. Uh, th- so, you know, there. But, but also, what I point out in the book, I point out, is the Romanians are very different than the Americans, because they are an indigenous culture. They have a history, a long history, that is their history, and they know the history. America does not have a history like that. America's been here for a little over 200 years, and it's a, uh, an occupation of a continent with a holocaust, you know, that it holocausted the Native Americans. And our rich tradition is basically the, the, the monuments of Mount Rushmore, which is a whole, uh, you can talk all about, you know, the, the, what they did to the Indians out there. You can talk about the Lincoln Memorial, uh, the Vietnam Memorial. These are, you know, these are not uh, cultural icons of any comparable magnitude to an unbroken, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands and infinite years, you know, with a sphinx and with, with other sacred sites. The only sacred sites we have in America are Native American sites, but those are not the United States of America. Those belong to the Native American Indians, of which we can put the, the Montauk Indians, the Montauk pharaohs, uh, amongst, if not at the forefront, as far as their importance and their disappearance from the history rolls. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is a this is a problem that America has uh, as a governmental culture. They're they're imposters in a sense in the way they've structured themselves the way they position themselves and this, this is uh, makes things very uh strange because they're you know they're 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 occupiers and, and they do you know we do as american citizens enjoy uh a degree of civilization that uh you know history has not known before and, and there are positives but this is the underbelling of uh, underbelly of of truth and in, in this, that is, you know, a very weird juxtaposition for 
the culture that we live in, it's almost like we need to, to be turned inside out to see the truth. And the turning of the inside and out is a is certainly going to be a painful process for some, if not all of us. Yeah, you got a good point there. I wanted to ask you uh, because because this this kind of um, the way this this book started it started with the idea of remote viewing, you know, and his involvement with it. But it never really it seems like everything stopped there. But I was wondering how that played, it, it kind of stopped us to explaining how that played into the book, you know. Um, well, uh, what he was selected for a remote viewing program basically yeah. as a uh, political ploy, so that, because that was a, the United, uh, there was uh, politicians in a Bucharest right. that were jockeying to get control of Department Zero, and right. when they sent Radu to, to America to get remote viewing training, it was really a ploy to uh, rec- that would make a treaty recognizable, uh, you know, exercise a loophole in a treaty, which said that while they were doing that, Department Zero was inviolate because there was, there was you know, commerce, which is not the right word, but going on between uh, America and Romania, and, and nothing could change in that operational arrangement. So that was a political ploy that Redu, according to the story, happened to be very good at and was one of the better remote viewers, uh, according to, you know, the text of the book. Um, but, you know, it doesn't really – it does play a role later when he goes down to Antarctica to, to examine, put his two cents in on things. I saw that, but I, I still couldn't uh, – the, 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 the remote – how the remote viewing actually – helped them discover anything. I, I, I was kind of confused. Cause it kind of There's no there. indication that it did. There's no indication that it did not. It's basically treated as, you know, what he does in, when he's in America. It talks a little bit about the training, but it's not, it's, it's not really a focal point for anything other than sort of a background of what happened in the drama that, that ensued. Um, I, I can well, tell you. We're, we're going to lose our, our live feed. We're going to continue recording. I just wanted to let people know that uh, this uh, will be on for a, a little longer, so they can pick it up in the archives in about uh, 20 seconds. So, but go ahead, Peter. It's okay. In the meantime, they can go to the website skybooksusa.com uh, and get the books on Amazon if they're interested. Yes, but uh, should I just continue on? Yeah, go please, ahead. Please do because we, we still okay. Have All right, because. Um, what I do know that Radu has uh, abilities in the area of remote viewing uh, from personal things he's told me. I mean, how good they are. I mean, he's told me he's, he's picked up on things that, that, that are true. I, I wouldn't say that he's infallible, but, uh, I, but I, I can't say to what degree. I also believe that that uh, bed of gold they describe in the book that looks like a bed it said people laid on it because they could tell by the texture. It looked like bodies had laid on it that's next to these hieroglyphics. Is was probably used for remote viewing uh, by the ancients. Mm-hmm. What, do, what do you think happened to the professor's helper, the young boy? Oh, that's, that's a great question. He falls into the vortex. Uh, right. We never hear from him again. But if if I were to write a sequel to that book, yes. um, 
I mean, not not as myself, but as Radu, I would expect that character to come back into the story. You would. I would okay. I would expect him to come back and uh, play a role and have and be an interesting character. Yeah, he gets sucked into the vortex, and I think he would. I'd be he'd be a great character character to come back into the story and give us one other viewpoint. Because what I like about all of these books is they're so vastly different. That, yes. That, and so now we'd be ta- he'd be talking about uh, where he was and what he was doing and what he was here for. That's what I would expect. I, I don't expect he's uh, dead in the conventional sense of the word, but he did disappear, that's for sure. And I would expect him, uh, my logic as a, as a creative person would tell me that, uh, you know, he has a future and, and you know, in as a, Writer, publisher, editor, I, I would expect him to come back. I would hope he would come back. I think he could come back and tell some very interesting things. But that's, yeah, this that's is, all we know. Yeah, if the story with, with this guy, this kid is true, then what, what it looks like is that he did. That, that, that looked like it was a vortex or a portal, a portal to another universe or another dimension of some sort. And if he did disappear through that, then you would think he would be able to come back, okay? Uh, uh, I my my uh, wonder is is why why did they they sealed it up, okay? And the three archaeologists uh, that 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 knew where it was all died in a car accident that same day. All right? well, they were intelligence officers, not archaeologists. They were intelligence officers, and they right. they that's correct. They did die in a car accident which here again, it seems like the spiritual universe put them out of commission, left yeah. the file in Caesar's hands where it was in good hands, and the professor disappeared. We don't know what happened to him. Well, they, they, supposedly they came in and got him. Uh, after Somebody she, came in and well, got him. Yeah, after Caesar. Caesar <laughs> at, had, the police, at the police yeah, station. Yeah, they got him there um, after Caesar had uh, questioned him. Um, yes, well, what I did learn last summer was that uh, when I, I met the man who knew Professor Constantine, and I said, well, what about this? And he says, look, it. he said, everybody knew who he was. There's not that many archaeologists around here. This is a small little town. So he says it wasn't like this big mystery as to who he was. Uh, and this is the funny thing in, in Romania, when you go over there and, and uh, as I've had occasion to do, meet an important senator, meet, meet uh, you know, the person who was showing us around, Last year was close personal friends with the president. Romania is a very small country compared to the United States. I said the size of Texas uh, probably has a lot less people than Texas. I don't know the population of Texas. I think we're talking about 20 million Romanians, if I'm not mistaken. And I would imagine there's more people than that in Texas by far. But no, it, I don't think so. More than 20 million in Texas? Oh, I would imagine. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm not, but, but whatever it is, it's like when you're in, uh, like, say, you know, we live, you know, close to New York City. Uh, you can be next to some celebrity, and he's going to wait in line just like you are. It, it, it's, it's, this is not, celebrities are treated much differently in New York than they are in L.A. And even in, even in then it's getting, we have so many celebrities in L.A. that it, it can even become a little strained there. It, it's, it's Well, you know, you know, it's funny. I, don't, I to tell you the truth, I, I, 
Lila and I are constantly laughing because they're coming up with new celebrities all the time, and we don't know any of them. You know what no, I mean? well, exactly, but my point is, in in Romania, it's like a it's much more like a small town, yeah. where it's not a small town, but where it's like it's it's a much smaller world, so you yeah. can you you can be very close to important people and not know it, or or you can get much closer to the seats of power just walking through the grocery store, so to speak. Uh, and th- this has kind of unnerved me at times because I'm saying, like, whoa, what's what's going on here? Um, I mean, I did I did meet their only cosmonaut. He's the only, uh, you know, Romanian to be in space. He's a very nice man, and I was telling him all about my friend Dr. David Anderson, and he was very, well, super, spoke super good English. Uh, very, very, Dimitri, very nice man. Uh, you know, he speaks fluent Russian, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's like I've, I've had occasion to meet some very uh, nice and important people in the Romanian uh, uh, political structure, and as well as, you know, many of the regular people and, and some of the spiritual people. Um, well, you talk about just, that in well, you talk about a lot about the, all the people that you met and the tours that you that that they're conducting and the ones that you're going on actually. Uh, but um, uh, I, I, it was a fascinating book, Peter. And, it, uh, you it know, really, uh, it really is a fascinating book. I, as I said, I need to go back and there are certain things I want to reread because I, I really like the um, the translation of the, the parchment. Yeah, you, you got into that. Yeah, uh, well, got into that. I, I, liked, um, I especially enjoyed that part. It was very meaningful, and I'm going to go back and read I it think, again. I think you had mentioned it, though, uh, early in the book about the three levels of, uh, uh, the three, the three levels of, of uh, reality, all right, uh, which is causal, um, physical, and spiritual. And, and that, that was that triangulation, I, I guess, of... Uh, of uh, of the consciousness, and uh, your that that caught me because um, I guess I guess that's that that's definitely where you were coming from in this book, and you're trying to piece it all together there in your in your in your epilogue. But I, I, well, those those are those are uh, Radu's words. I think he's quoting Caesar there. But yeah, it's it's uh, yeah you try to integrate all. You had uh, mentioned that in the beginning of the book there. But, uh, I might have mentioned it. I might have mentioned it, uh, you know, borrowing it from what he said. But, yes, it's uh, it, it all applies. It all synthesizes together, yes. But, I, I mean, and then, and then you talked about your um, your understanding of these of, of these parchments based on your um, uh, belief in synchronicity, you know. That, 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 was, that, that was excellent. I like you know, that, that part. That's your... Um, that was very helpful. Yeah, your connection, you know, to all well, of One thing I can share with you about synchronicity that's very important contextually is, as I've stated in, in you know, a, a few, many of my books now, is synchronicity, as defined by Carl Jung, is the precursor or the gateway to the Tao. And when you study Taoism, it's, right, yeah. it's all about, there's a called the doctrine of Wu Wei, and it means the action of causing things to happen without doing something. Now, you see this in the Bruce Lee movie, 
uh, Into the Dragon, where he says, he says, what is your style? He says, fighting without fighting. Says, fighting without fighting? What's that? And he says, I show you some. And, he, you know, he, he sticks them in a boat. And so we go over to the island, and he sticks them in the boat, and the guy's flying in the boat. You know, he's made a fool out of him. He didn't fight him at all, made an idiot out of him. And it's like fighting without fighting. Well, doing something by not causing it to happen, by not grunting and not using elbow grease. That's the highest order of doing something. Well, synchronicity is, by its definition, is, refers to a, a, ca- a causal. In science, they call it a causal. It's, not, it's causal, but it's, it's, not, it's not cause and effect oriented as we know it in left brain thinking or so-called Western science. It's acausal because it's happening through a causation factor that is mysterious, frankly. And synchronicity is the gateway into that. So this is what this is a causal point. Uh, it's it's causing things by non-action, and and this these secret parchment is getting people to recognize that part of their consciousness. So it's like you don't have to do everything. You don't have to get up and. Are we going to fight poverty? Well, maybe we can fight poverty without fighting it. Without, you know, you see all this effort put into poverty, all this effort put into war on drugs and all this. There's other ways to cause things. Uh, if your, your spiritual head is in the right place, it's by doing nothing. But it's not by just doing nothing to do nothing. It's causing things through non-action. If that if that makes any sense to you, I think I, I think I do. Uh, well, it's it's I mysterious. Think, it's mysterious. I think it plays into reincarnation uh, and many lives, uh, you know, um, into that spiritual and uh, you know uh, definitely Eastern philosophy. Well, it's sort of like because you are, you have to evolve. Oh, you evolve. Yeah, what, whether you like it or not. But we're here for such a short period of time, really. Yeah. Uh, you know that, um, and we bumble along and bumble along and make so many mistakes and whatnot that it. But the things that we do well are almost like you just said, by non-action. It's like they just happen, you know, um, through synchronicity. We're looking for them, or we may not even be looking for them, but they come to us. But well, it, it precisely. And it's a matter of recognizing what this is and cultivating it, not just, you know, not just sitting out in your living room or front lawn and saying, you know, everything's going to go right today and do nothing, and you, right. you know, end up getting thirsty and starving. No, you, you, you have to cultivate, uh, recognize what is going on here, and cultivate, uh, cultivate the. I, the I higher, think, yeah, the higher, the higher uh, consciousness, or uh, just uh, accepting it as for what it is, and, uh, and let it work with you. I think I, is that is that what you think he's saying, or exactly, exactly. I mean, you can say it in, in other words too, but that's that's, that's quite adequate. Okay. Invoke Did the I, higher consciousness and and uh, reach reach for the stars in your own private personal uh, ascension. Don't don't fight it or don't question it if it's working. If it's because it, it's supposed to work, you know, it's supposed to be there somehow. And 
and um, that you know, so many the, the best things that have ever happened to me have been in some ways that way, you know, spiritually connected. Um, so uh, you know, friendships and um, successes and uh, you know whatever they may be, they've all seemed to be uh, through almost through a non-action. They were just supposed to happen. You know what I mean? Exactly. There's some kind of a synchronicity there that, uh, wow, that, you know, that name or that something drew me to that. I don't know what, but it was supposed, it was the right connection, you know, the right link. So I, you know, uh, I, I understand that. I, I never, I never understood the Tao in that way. I never really knew that that's what it meant. Um, doing, doing, uh, doing something without doing it. Oh, totally, totally. And, I mean, you see it right there in the Bruce Lee movie, uh, and, and that's the whole essence of martial arts is to, is to do something without doing anything, and, and that requires a certain mental mastery. But there is a whole richness of Taoism that is still not filtered into the Western world. Very rich traditions. Incredibly also, rich traditions. But you also Pardon? talk very, very much. They talk very much about the will and the and the, and the intent and, and the the, uh, the strength of the will. Okay, uh, that uh, that guides the uh, that, that the parchment you know, that creates what your reality. You know, your will creates your reality. I guess is that is that well, is it's that, a part uh, of it. Yes, it's. I mean, there is a you know there is a will, and then there's your intention. The will is is more of the, uh, I guess what you call endemic or uh, program that we're sitting in, and the intent is, you know, your body is your will and all the stuff that's been created, and then you have your own intent, which uh, has its own volition. And when, when, when you were just discussing that, and when I was reading this in the book, it's funny, um, I could think, I was thinking of something, when you were talking about will and, that kind yeah. of thing in the book. I was thinking of something that my mother used to say to me. <laughs> the road to hell is paved with good intention. So it always takes more than intention. It takes the will, the will. to stay on the path that you intend. Well, yeah, so was, the, the, yeah I mean, there's, there's uh, yeah, it's not about what you intend. It's about what intention you carry out. Uh huh. Yeah. That's yeah. right. You got to you got to act on your intention and actually do things because, uh, yes. Uh, and that desire, yes. your your great desire, you know, as well. And that those are all those are all the. Uh, I, I I have to reread the, the the parchment because there's some very very it's very interesting and yeah, the, and the subsequent texts that go with it. But so but, uh, it, it 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 hits home every time. I've read it uh, three times, I think. Uh, over, and, and each time it, it kind of... Uh, you get a little something a little different, different out of it. A little, little, little kick, a little different. But before we go, Peter, would you uh, just mention to the folks at home where they can uh, get in touch with you and get your book? Yeah. Well, yes, I can be contacted at skybooks at yahoo.com. That's skybooks at yahoo.com. And uh, the books are available on the website I've been uh, referencing here, skybooksusa.com. Uh, the Secret Parchment, it's three prequels. 
uh, Transylvania Sunrise, Transylvania Moonrise, and Mystery of Egypt. And they're also available on Amazon and uh, in, in various bookstores throughout the, the country. And it's not hard to find them. It's not hard to find me. And it's been, it's been wonderful talking to you guys uh, again. And uh, we'd love to, love to talk to you again uh, to find out what happens with your with your next journey there to, to Romania next month. And, no, we'll, uh, we'll know in, we'll know in about six weeks for sure. Yeah. Well, we'd be Good very interested to hear how you how your trip uh, goes and, and you what have, interesting and you, things you have to bring back to and us. And if you're able to meet with the Blue Goddess, you know. That would be we look forward to, see, to yeah. hearing about that. Well, yeah, we'll we'll see what I will meet with. I can tell you that uh, since I spoke to you this morning, Leo, uh, yeah. I, I I did hear from one of my friends there, and I, I think it's you know we we we're getting the right guide. All right. Uh, getting the right guide. I, I spoke to you know about you know at least three Romanians, four Romanians today, and sizing things up and zeroing in. It should be a very successful trip. Well, I, I'm sure you'll have some interesting accounts to bring back, and we look forward to hearing from you yeah, and do. talking to you. Yes, it and was, I have no idea what they're going to be. That's the most beautiful thing. I have no preconceived uh, fixed ideas on what to expect, but I, I, I'm sure it will be wonderful, as it, as it always has been. Well, very good. All right. Thank well, you. Thank you so much for being on tonight, and uh, we look forward to talking to you in the, in the very near future. Okay. Bye, bye to you both. Bye-bye. Okay, good night, Peter. Now is Peter Moon uh, from uh, Sky, uh, Skybooks uh, USA. Talking about uh, Skybooks his, Publishing. his book. Yep. And uh, please, you can check those books out again at skybooksusa.com. And the book and we were just talking about is The Secret Parchment. That's and it's uh, and the, five, the Five Tibetan Initiation Techniques by Radu Cinema with Peter Moon. And with that, we're going to leave you tonight. We want to thank everybody for joining us. And uh, tell your friends about us, and uh, have a pleasant evening. And good night, folks. Good night, everybody.